This podcast is made possible by thousands of dedicated listeners just like you. Be a part of this powerful three-decade legacy of evangelization by visiting materdayradio.com or downloading the Hail Mary Media app. And thank you for joining us on the bridge between your faith and everyday life. What is your next mission from God? We all have one. God has something in mind for us right where we are. Welcome to Your Next Mission from God with Julian Durko, where the saints show us how it's done. They've been through it, and sometimes they even got it wrong before they got it right. Based on Julie's book, Discover Your Next Mission from God, Saints Who Found God's Will and How You Can Too, Julie shares unique stories from the lives of the saints to show how they searched for and discovered God's will for their lives. Well, it's that time of year again, Lent. And one of the things that we really need to keep in mind are the distractions in our life. And Lent's a good time to try to rid ourselves of those distractions that keep us from getting closer to God. And sometimes the Lord orchestrates situations in our lives that force the point. And one of the stories I want to share with you today is a story of St. Ignatius of Loyola. Now we're familiar with him. He was a 16th century Spanish commander in the in the uh, military there, and he's uh, known for establishing the Jesuits. And we just, our world is so much better because of his influence. But this is how his story goes. He was in a battle with the French, and he was struck in the leg by a cannonball. And this injury caused him to have to go to the castle of Loyola and have some excruciating operations without anesthesia, one of which was not necessary. He didn't like the way it looked, the way his bones were growing back together. There was, it was protruding, and he wanted to have a perfect leg. He was really a vain guy, you know, at the time. But And he actually had some brushes with death over this. This was a life-altering situation. But at the end of the story, he would not be able to be a soldier again and live the life that he lived. And he was stuck in this castle for almost a year to convalesce and to recuperate. And I don't know if this was on purpose or not, because in his diary, he just doesn't mention it. But his sister-in-law, you know, she was the one that he asked for some entertainment to make the time go a little bit quicker. I mean, he just had to lay there and and often in pain too. So you look, when you're in that situation, a person naturally is wanting a diversion, something to take their mind off of what they're having to endure that could seem endless. And he would have liked to, had some good books to read. You know, he would have preferred chivalrous romantic novels he was that kind of guy. He wanted to save the damsel in distress. And and before his accident, you know, was proud of his military accomplishments, that how well he could fight and use his armament and, uh, and, and all the rest of it and impress the ladies, everything else. So he wanted a book like that to pass the time. But his sister-in-law just didn't provide it. Seems that in that whole big castle in Loyola... There were only two books and never were there more added. So he was stuck there and she didn't help him out. Now, I think that's interesting. We should pay attention to her. She wasn't about 
to give him any distractions. And I don't, I don't know why if she was, you know, she knew what was, what God had in mind. There were only two books there. And so out of boredom, he read them. And then boredom led to being curious about them and learning something from them and imagining himself and led to his conversion. Those two books were one on the life of Christ and the other on the saints, specifically really focusing on St. Francis of Assisi and St. Dominic. And so he would then imagine life, you know, being, doing what they did, being all in for God, giving everything to the Lord. You know, he'd imagine that life. He'd also imagine a life after he recuperated, not in the military anymore, but maybe as a a businessman or a merchant. I mean, he could have had a worldly life. He was from a family that had some influence, so he could have had another life and he would imagine those things too. But in the end, it led to his conversion. Now, I've often wondered, what if his sister, out of kindness and goodness to help her brother-in-law, what if she had gone and got him some some romantic novels, some entertainment, some ways to keep himself occupied in those months. It was almost a full year in those months while he convalesced in the castle. Would he have given the book on the life of Christ and the book on the saints? Would he have given them his undivided attention? Probably not. And in there is something that we need to learn because It's not that something's necessarily bad, but that it displaces God. And there's nothing more satisfying or exciting in life than the missions, plural, the things that God has for us to do and our relationship with him. So there's something we need to be thinking about. It's Lent. What are those distractions that could keep us from becoming the person we're meant to become? from following that mission that the Lord has for us, what would the world be like if St. Ignatius of Loyola didn't have those books there in that castle? What if he had a different set of, of entertainment? We might not, you know, we might not have the Jesuits. He wouldn't have fulfilled this great purpose that he had. In 1939, C.S. Lewis was writing a column about... Uh, the devil, actually. And in his column, he featured a senior devil and a junior devil in their conversations as to how to trip human beings up, how to get us to sin, to get us away from God. The senior devil is supposed to be the mentor, really show the junior devil how to get it done. Well, the junior devil's enthusiastic about his job, and he's coming up with all these fancy, clever ways to try to bring human beings down. And what the senior devil tells the junior devil is that it's pretty simple. You need to get rid of all that cleverness. Really, all we need to do is fill the world with noise. If we keep human beings distracted, they won't be able to hear their God. Think about that. That's pretty amazing intuition of C.S. Lewis to, to come up with that. That was in 1939. Look at the noise we have now compared to then and how many distractions we have. We got to take, take stock of those distractions. I remember it doesn't seem like it was that long ago, but you know, uh, 20 years ago when my kids were young and, and in the home and well, even less than that and more than that, cause I had them for quite a while. But 
for Lent, we always gave up television. Now, we didn't have cell phones then for them, and technology wasn't wasn't as accessible with streaming live programs on computers and, and all of that. But there was the television. And we just gave it up every Lent, which was a nice thing. The only thing that I would do, kind of like St. Ignatius's sister-in-law, was that once a week, we would, uh, the family could watch TV if it was something that really built your faith up. Like we could watch a movie, The Ten Commandments, or Demetrius the Gladiator, or Ben-Hur. We would do that. And those, those great programs that really were, were faith builders, those things would not have necessarily been able to compete with other movies if... My husband and I, we have we had allowed TV in the home. So what we did was we removed the distraction and it made something that would not normally be considered then considered. Same things with reading. It's the same idea. So it's not just so much to remove distractions, but also to orchestrate a situation to fall in love with God or to see something or do something that you wouldn't normally do because the distraction is gone. It's not enough to remove distractions. We've got to know what we're going to put in its place. And often what we're not used to putting in that place is silence. We're pretty uncomfortable, most of us, with silence. But silence is a way to hear God. And getting comfortable with it is a good practice. The silence of Prayer is a good practice. And you may think, oh, I'm wasting time. I'm not talking. I'm not doing anything. I'm just sitting here in silence waiting to, to, to be inspired by God or to receive what he has. And it may seem like you're wasting time, but it's not. Waste all the time you need to. But I have a really good suggestion that leverages your own human nature. Do it consistently and make it doable. A small bit of time consistently. We are creatures of habits. At the end of the day, we are the culmination of our habits. So it's much more important to create the habit of five minutes of silent prayer, listening to the Lord every day than it is to say, oh, we're going to pray a rosary and we're going to, we're going to do the stations of the cross and we're going to do, and you list all these devotions and then, you know, it's too much and you peter out and, and, and you're kind of marking off this big, all these things that you have to do. It's better to do less and be intentional and create the habit. And once you've created the habit, you will love that time with the Lord and you will naturally want to build on it. Your habit, it'll, you know, eventually it will turn into an hour of prayer. You'll want it and you'll create time for it every day. So in the removing of those distractions, if you want to have that five minutes, Consider turning off the cell phone for that five minutes. Learn the habit of disconnecting. You can do it a little bit at a time, and then you'll get comfortable with more and more. It, it reminds me of um, St. Pope John the Twenty-Third. You know, he was elderly when he was elected pope, and he really needed his rest. He knew he needed his rest to do a good job, but, you know, what's it like to, to run the whole church, right? So... At the end of the day, he'd pray this prayer. Lord, it's your church. I'm going to bed now. And he'd get his sleep. He would disconnect from 
his responsibilities, essentially, or from the connection of managing everything and just turn it over to the Lord. And in a very little way, we can do that, too. If we turn off our phone for five minutes, we're not going to miss that emergency call from our kids at school. You know, if we turn the phone back on five minutes later, that message will be there. Trust the Lord. Say a prayer to your guardian angel. I'm disconnecting. Help me to do this. I've been in, in intimate prayer settings where people wouldn't turn off their phones. They put them on buzz as if that's really going to make a difference. And you're sitting there praying with someone and this buzzer's going off. Yeah, it's not ringing, but it's still a distraction. I challenge you to disconnect from the things that keep your mind occupied and open yourself up to what the Lord has for you. The, the catechism knows it's difficult. You know, the church fathers, they know it's difficult. And I'm going to read a quote from the catechism for you. The habitual difficulty in prayer is distraction. To set about hunting down distractions would be to fall into their trap. When all is necessary is to turn back to our heart. For a distraction reveals to us what we are attached to. And this humble awareness before the Lord should awaken our preferential love for him and lead us to resolutely offer him our heart to be purified. Therein lies the battle, the choice of which master to serve. I think that's very interesting quote from the catechism. Our distractions show us where our attachments are. Isn't that interesting? Just turn again. You know, the saint isn't the person who gets it perfect the first time. The saint is the person who gets up again and again. Here's another quote. In the battle of prayer, we must confront the erroneous conceptions of prayer, various currents of thoughts, and our own experience of failure. Because, you know, we're going to fail sometimes. We must respond with humility, trust, and perseverance to these temptations, which cast doubt on the usefulness or even the possibility of prayer. So when you're not getting it done, you're trying to have this silent five minutes and you can't accomplish it. You just keep trying over and over again. And we are told, don't give in to the temptation that cast doubt on the usefulness of it. It is very useful. Keep at it. Develop that habit. The Lord will help you. I think it's interesting. We'll get back to Ignatius. He established the Jesuits and he has something called the first principle. And basically it's choosing, you know, it's the choice in the things that we do, the distractions of our life. Either they're for God or they're not. They're either for our eternal destiny or, or they're not. I'm going to read it to you. It's a good way to end this, this podcast. Man is created to praise and reverence and serve God our Lord and by this means to save his soul. And the other things on the face of the earth are created for man to help him in attaining the end for which he is created. Hence, man is to make use of them in as far as they help him in the attainment of his end. And he must rid himself of them in as far as they prove a hindrance to him. Therefore, we must make ourselves indifferent to all created things as far as we are allowed free choice and are not under any prohibition. As far as we are concerned, we should not prefer sickness, health to sickness, riches to poverty, honor to dishonor, a long life to a short life. The same holds for all other things. Our one desire and choice should be what is more conducive to the end 
for which we are created. It has been my pleasure to be with you today. Pray with me now. Jesus, Mary, Joseph, we love you. You've been listening to Your Next Mission from God with Julie Durko, produced at the studios of Mater Dei Radio in Portland, Oregon. To listen to this podcast, visit materdayradio.com. To find out more about Julie's book, Discover Your Next Mission from God, Saints Who Found God's Will and How You Can Too, or if you're in need of a Catholic speaker for a parish mission, retreat, conference, or event, visit catholicfinishstrong.org. That's catholicfinishstrong.org. If you enjoyed this podcast, please consider sharing it with a friend. You can support this vital mission of evangelization through materdayradio.com or the Hail Mary Media app. And thank you for helping us lead souls to Jesus through the Blessed Virgin Mary.